You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 33 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with AI MVP Bruno Capuano. Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here with Bruno, and all the way from Toronto, and it looks like bright. You're not in just the shrouded clouds, cold up there. No, 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 no. As we've just been talking about, I have my kids in the swimming pool, a couple of friends also there. This is not the Canada people really, this is what we think about Canada outside of Canada. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's very nice weather. But I, I saw, I mean, I saw like in the news about this, about 10% of the, like, of, of uh, the Arctic shelf broke off and separated. Isn't that just like a stone's throw from, <laughs> from Toronto? You're hey, right there, right by yes. that ice age happening. We were on holidays last week with the family trip, and we went north for a couple of hours, and we get to the point that basically people said to, said to us that from here on, if you continue to go there, there is no more cells cover there is nothing there so it's yeah. kind of the end of the world but yes i do say i'm probably five hours away from the end of the, the starting of the end of the world you know that's actually a bucket list item for me uh to to go up in that northern territory and go you know, up in some of these areas and i realize that you have to be um prepared i'm not so worried about like cell phone reception i'm worried about um bears and moose I think I'm more afraid of moose than I am bears because if you've not seen a moose in the wild, it's a scary thing. They're giant. They're giant. Yes, I, I was thinking of the of the moose as kind of a big dog until I saw one in real life. Yeah. And no, this is this is a different scale of animal. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh-huh. Uh, I uh, I won't go into detail, but in in college, uh, my roommate, my brother, and I were in the Uinta, so northern Utah and hiking through full packs, moving very slow, and we had a moose charge at us. And that was a scary thing, yeah. Um, uh, we didn't move, we all, all three of us froze. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know what you're supposed to do when you have in this situation. I, I don't know either. Uh, lose control of your bowels is about all I know. <laughs> I think that's required, you know. So, well, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your focus area as an MVP and, and uh, how long you've been in this space? Yeah, so long story short is I've been an MVP for 11 years. Uh, I've been always a developer MVP. I mean, I started at the CSR MVP. Then because I was working and I was very hardcore about ALM, Agile and all of the stuff, I moved to the, I moved, Microsoft recognized me in the ALM world. So I was an ALM MVP for five or six years, then back to development. And this year uh, I was awarded in the artificial intelligence category, which was a big surprise for me because I'm still seeing about myself as a developer. But if I, if I started to see the work that I am doing and how I am connecting the dots and the community participation, I've been talking about the Microsoft stack and products and AI in general for the last two or three years. And it's nice because even if I don't know what I am doing today, I'm spending half of the time doing Python coding. And if you ask me, I'm a C-sharp developer. I don't like Python. 
but Python is the new JavaScript. Everybody's doing everything in Python, so hey. I I think you just added to part of the, uh, you know, the, the appeal of becoming an MVP is that half of what we do, we don't know what we're doing. So uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not probably a good way to say it. I will play my, I am not an English speaker. I think to your point too, though, is that, uh, you know, Microsoft obviously is doing a lot of emphasis around AI. And if you look at their strategy, I mean, last week we had, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft Inspire event here, uh, you know, July 2018, and there was a lot of, and there's a bunch of slides. I don't have the official slide where yet. I took pictures that has like the, each of the different focus areas, but there's such a strong emphasis on AI and machine learning and a lot of those kinds of capabilities. Many of these areas are very new, and so you might find yourself, uh, uh, you're working a lot in how Microsoft categorizes that area of, of AI, which, you know, can cover a lot of different topics. Yes, but if you also move this to the standard developer, people who are creating, I don't know, Windows application, universal Windows platform application, SharePoint extension, whatever, right now adding AI capability to your application, it's easy. It's, we are in a point that is basically like, hey, I want to add this new component, I will add a new get package or something like this. With two clicks, you can be there and also, as I said, I am doing a lot of things in Python, but Microsoft is also creating kind of a machine learning .NET flavor for C Sharp, which is .NET for machine learning, which is amazing. I mean, you can create a C Sharp console application and start to do machine learning stuff, which is amazing. You are going to be basically save a lot of time from yourself learning Python, learning how to deal with Python version, try to understand which is Anaconda, the pip and installer. If you know C-sharp, you are halfway there. So I think it's very, very important the, the way that, the, the, how far we are right now, because it's very easy for us. I don't know, I want to add some advanced search capability into my application. I don't need to create this from scratch. I can directly call an endpoint, which is already have this feature and that's it. Or I can even embed it into my application with a couple of lines of code, which is amazing. Five years ago, impossible today. It's only a couple of lines. It's, it's well, very, very good. But you know what's interesting? So from a developer standpoint too is uh, you know Microsoft has always had, of course, uh, the you know, the business connection. They look at it from that enterprise standpoint, and you think about like how fast things are moving and all the innovation that's happening. But you know, three, four, five years ago, I mean, you couldn't accomplish anything without being a hardcore developer, and now you have a range of solutions that I would say even. Uh, you know, more like semi-technical admins that are, you know, moving in that direction, but aren't full-fledged developers can go and, and be productive, uh, you know, they, for the enterprise to adopt those things. Now, now, certainly you can still, as a developer, go in hardcore, take things and go and build and create and innovate that way. Um, but for the widespread adoption, there needs to be a consumable form of whatever that technology is. So you see Microsoft doing this with AI and ML, so make it very easy to go in, and even with, with Azure and some of the components that are out there that are pre-configured setup that allow you to go and test and demo things and play around in this environment before you touch your systems. Um, I mean, that, that's the things that we didn't have before, so it can be very quick to get up to speed, as you say, and start leveraging what Microsoft has out there. But that's in every other category as well. I mean, so I'm working with the blockchain space and talking with what Microsoft's doing on that side of, it's also in the Azure world. Um, but again, they're looking at how do we build these 
platform and infrastructure as a service offerings at this the cocoa framework out there to enable people to go in there very quickly and uh, apply it to their businesses their systems without having to start from scratch and become an expert before they can get any uh, you know value out of that yes uh, when I, I have if I go back to I don't know half of the things that I am doing it's basically I am connecting the dots between things which I am not an expert but once I connect the correct dots, I get amazing resources. Like, like you said, once you start to play around with these technologies, moving to the enterprise side of this, it's very, very easy. And you can add value very, very fast to your application. And it's not only the typical AI to, I have a set of data and I want to do prediction. It's also a different level of AI. Like, let's do some image recognition. Let's move this model. I can train a model right now. Microsoft has an amazing tool which allows us to basically create custom visions uh, models, train, train a set of, train a model with a lot of images and say, hey, this is an apple, this is a banana, this is a, another fruit. And this is a standard scenario that Microsoft presents during, the, during their whatever, what was the name, the, the insider dev tool that we have uh, all around the globe. But mm -hmm. what we did based on this is, hey, I have a lot of picture and example from a security cam in a parking lot. And I want to detect if there are free spots there or not. How you are you going to do this today if you are not a data scientist? You need to learn how to analyze an image, how to say, how to transform this image to numbers, then analyze the numbers and all this very complex process. Right now what we can do is we can drop a lot of images with free spaces and, not free, and with a lot of cars and say, I have a space, I don't have a space. I have a space, I don't have a space. We train a model and that's it. And this is on the cloud. And then we add a new image, we, we post a new image to the cloud, and it's going to say, I am 91% sure that there is a space there. So you can hook, hook up this into your CCTV cameras, into your parking lot, and you can know if you have a free space or not. But the nice thing is that now we can download this model. We don't need to go to the cloud. We download the file. And I can start to talk about this later, but we can download this file, and we can run this file locally in a Windows 10 machine. Or we can even run this file in a Raspberry Pi device. And this Raspberry Pi can be even handled by Azure IoT. So, hey, when you start to connect these kind of things, you say, right now I can do this. I can add this. Let's check if there is a space in the parking feature for a client. And I don't need to do anything outside of my scope. I only, as I said, I only need no C Sharp and a little of Azure stuff. But connecting the dots, I can add it there. And it's amazing and move these to other scenarios, not only for, for parking. If you have a warehouse, you have cameras, and you want to avoid people from moving to zone A to zone B, you can detect in an in in image when someone is walking in this area, so you can provide a warning and say, hey, you are not allowed to go there. And there is amazing things that you can do, and not only with image, also with the speech, with a lot of other things. And again, Five years ago, this was impossible for us. Very, very expensive project. Right now, prototyping, creating these scenarios are very, very easy. And when we start to talk with, with clients, we can do a lot of things. So it's amazing. So that's, that's why yeah. I think yeah. I get this AI label this year. Hey, I am happy about this. This is much more fun than standard C-sharp coding for, for other things. Well, yeah, and, and, and even beyond that, I was just thinking of how, um, I think for, for a lot of people to, to hear and, you know, the, the kind of the high level talk, it's great that you use like that, those specific examples. I mean, I, 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 
I know that when I would, you know, worked in, uh, at, at Microsoft, I would have loved to have had, had access that I know that when certain spots were available or not, uh, you know, on my way into work and can alert me to that or, you know, where best to go and park so you don't waste your time. That would actually, think about that. How cool going to an arena with multi-tiered parking, not just as you go in saying, oh, we think this many, like across Microsoft campus in uh, Redmond, uh, there's a lot of the parking lot garages that have, you know, spots available on each level and whether they're tracking cars in and out or, or what have you, but it would be great to have that information pushed to you yeah. as you're getting closer. So I don't, I know that, Hey, look, I'm not going to find anything in that lot. I need to go over to the third floor in this building. So it almost needs to be more proactive, which makes me think, I wonder if Microsoft, you know, makes that, would make that data available to allow people to go and build things like that. But, um, you know, you, you have that potential, but I was thinking, but beyond that, uh, so it's great here, like the scenarios, but you also then have the ability to go plug into other business and consumer tools and systems today. I mean, using things like Zapier, using, uh, you know, power apps and flow to go and automate the, the, some of these other things and these connectors that are built by all of these application vendors, um, that want to just to make their services, their product available are things that you can even today go and do some automation, pulling data about your real environment, but then get so much more value by instantly plugging in and sharing data with these other tools. It's yes, just so, it's fascinating what you can do. No, Power Apps and Flow, if you are a developer, Power Apps and Flow are going to basically say, oh my God, why didn't I have this 10 years ago? Because it's, as you said, it's very easy. It's kind of the... IFTTT, I always miss a T there, but it's the IFTTT. If this, then that, yep. Yes, that we need to do this, but as you say, if you have this model for analyzing images and you don't know how to connect the dots, go in there, connecting the dot is very easy, using Flow or Power Apps, and that's it. And you already have this embedded into, I don't know, your Dynamics environment, connecting your SharePoint environments with an extra layer of capabilities. And this is the nice thing about this. This is not only, and this is the, the hard part for me when I'm talking to clients for me, it's not only about image recognition or something like this. It's not only about speech recognition. There are so many scenarios that we can do today using these AI tools that we have, which is, is kind of overwhelming. It's a green field of seeing, okay, what we can do, how we can go there. Let's start from scratch. Let's do not see what we can't do in the past. Let's start again, and as you say, we can we need to quickly connect these two things. Okay, let's write this. No, we don't need to write anything. Let's use power apps. It's already seen to go. Already there. Well, that, exactly. And that's why it's, I mean, I love like if this and that and Zapier and these other tools that will allow you to go in and look at what the community has developed. Um, I mean, you see a lot of this, uh, I mean, even in, um, I think to some extent, like the patterns and practices um, team, that effort between Microsoft and community members to go and develop these different pieces, but leverage what other people have done and then go and modify it, change it to fit your needs. I mean, that's, I mean, that's so much about what we're talking about. When, you, when you're talking about automation, when you're talking about building intelligence, um, one, it's just dumb to recreate the wheels. It's just in its simplest form, <laughs> intelligent systems. Um, but go and leverage what's out there, tweak it and make it fit your own. It's a great place to learn by going and playing with some of these things and to start automating very, very simple things. But, but I mean, all these different platforms, you know, provide all these great examples in these use cases that are out there. Yes. I, I, as I said, I've been here in Canada only two years, 
So maybe there is someone here in Canada who really likes to play around and really likes to work with OAuth authentication. But I can assure you that back in Europe, it's a pain. It's not a very happy moment when you need to code all of these things. If you need to do something simple like tweet, like sending a simple tweet, sometimes it took you a lot of time. Hey, flow, it's drag a box, connect the box. Two clicks later, you are tweeting. That's it. You don't need to write anything from scratch. So yes, that's amazing to, to know how to connect, to know to how to use all of these things. It's very, very powerful. So what, uh, I mean, what do you see as the barriers to people going in and adopting and, and leveraging a lot of these you know, AI uh, new products and services capabilities? And do you, I mean, do you really see any barriers now or, or are people just kind of openly, open arms going and, and investigating and learning about it and exploring? So there are a couple of flavors here for AI. So you have kind of AI in a box, so which are endpoints in the cloud where you can drop an image and you will get a response saying, I analyzed this image, found a couple of faces, and do some gender recognition, do some age recognition, or even these kind of things. But for doing this, you don't need to learn anything. If you know how to code and call an HTTP endpoint, that's it. You can use any service. Then you have these other models that you can create the model, you can go there. Uh, people are very afraid of, basically, you probably need to be a data scientist, though not know a lot about mathematicians, formulas, and these kind of things to go there. To be honest with you, I didn't go much far there, but it's not very complicated. Once you get there and you start to learn the, how to do, I don't know, a classification process, a regression process, a clustering map, it's basically, I don't want to say copy and paste, but you learn from experience. So it's not a, there is no much uh, uh, walls, big walls that you need to fight there. You can easily start there. Of course, when you start to get deeper, deeper and deeper, the tools are becoming much more powerful. It's not the same that, they are not the same scenario, the one that you are going to do at home, playing around in, with your own set of data that when you move into enterprise level and talking about a lot of things. But hey, the tools are available there. And we are, we are living in a continuous path, uh, learning path. As you said, you, you just met someone uh, who moved from A to B, need to learn something else. For us as a developer, knowing AI right now is kind of a must-have. You don't need to be an expert, but you, you probably need to know what is happening in the back. Like, if you want to work in the web, you need to understand the basis of HTTP just because you need to know what's happening there. Right. So right now, it's kind of the same. And you in the in the in the in the path there is going there. You're probably going to learn some Python. You're probably going to learn some. If you never play around with Linux, hey, this is a moment to play around with Linux and stuff. So it's a very fun it's a very fun path for this. Yeah, yeah. To that point too. I mean, yeah, you do need to be careful. Just because you can go and automate something and build this intelligent application doesn't mean that it meets with your security and compliance, uh, you know, standards and the protocol. So that's something that you just need to be aware of as you patch things together um, is that one of uh, one of uh, my clients and good friends and they have uh, uh, a, a couple products that go in and and analyze code before you you know put it into your environment and and you just you need to be uh, that and that can identify you know potential security risks um, and, and so you, you do need to be careful about those things but I mean as far as learning about that because that's always the difference between building something like that pure engineering and architecting a solution that okay. then fits within the constraints of the organization because 
there are lawyers, there are clients that get angry if their data is misused. There's, I mean, all those other things that a company has to be aware of um, that sometimes feels like it's bogging you down. You just want to innovate and build something. You need these features, but it has to be done in a well-managed, well-governed way. Um, but it's, uh, but as far as um, something else I was thinking of too, is that, uh, uh, so uh, at Inspire, so sales and marketing event uh, down in, in Las Vegas last week, there's a lot of, somebody mentioned to me, it's like, oh yeah, we have all these free AI courses that Microsoft is offering. Um, what, what, are you aware of the free resources Microsoft's yeah. making available? So one of the entry points for this is aischool.microsoft.com. I think that's a URL, I will double check. But yeah. it's AI school. And the nice things about this is when you got there, when you enter there, the first thing that you're going to see is a set of tutorials. And you have, of course, the beginners, intermediates, and advanced tutorials, I think. Yeah. And some of them are, okay, you are a developer and you don't know anything about this, so we are going to use this package service in the cloud. Or you want to create your own, I don't know, a text analytic model. So we are going to use CNTK or TensorFlow or another tool to go there. So it's a huge set of huge sets of examples that you can use to learn. And hey, as you said, they are for free. And also, which is interesting, and they also you you were talking about Inspire, is that all of the big ones are also starting to to push this kind of trend around ethics about AI. Because as you said, you are dealing with data, you are dealing with tons of data. You need to be careful with this, but you also need to have this sense of Hey, I will try to do this for the good of humanity, not for the bad. So there is an important topic there. I am not an expert there, of course. But hey, this is something that we need to start to talk about if you are going to work with, I don't know, electronic medical records or these kind of things. There is a completely different story. But the nice thing is that the big ones are starting to talk about this, are starting to have guidelines about this, which is nice. It was part of uh, Satya's keynote last week was uh, it was a big part of that was uh, you know, kind of I think the two key topics out of that where he was talking about, you know, empathy and emotional intelligence and how we treat people in a, in a uh, you know, in an anonymous online, you know, uh, a world working space. The other one was around, um, uh, you know, the ethical handling of information and that just needs to be baked into your your process. You need to think about you know, what is the impact going to be of what it is that we're going and that we're, we're building and, and uh, understand certainly the, the laws of the land of your own country and those that you're going to be doing business with. But um, I think there's a lot more that you can do that is, uh, you know, it might be legal, but it might not be the right thing, the way to handle uh, that customer information. And to your point too, yeah, it was, uh, uh, you know, aischool.microsoft.com. I'm looking at now. It's nice about this looking at this so yeah this is what they had mentioned is you could go in and filter everything that's on the site by the the level the various services the tools um and then of course your language and see what's available there um and uh you know so it's a great resource for folks that want to uh if whether you're a beginner or if you have been for the last 25 years an engineer and are looking to uh, say what do I what don't I know what do I need to be learning about what's what's happening here certainly from the Microsoft perspective great free resource that's out there yes it's, it's amazing and also if you start there it's kind of tweaks your mind to start to think about hey this is the thing that I can do this is how may I work with these tools in the future and there are scenarios which are very easy 
that they can give a lot of value to any organization and they are all there. So you can start to see how, how you can implement this with almost uh, starting from scratch, basically. Right. No, it, it's a, that's a great, uh, it's a great recommendation. I'm, I'm definitely going to go and, and look around at this. Well, Bruno, I really appreciate your time talking this afternoon, getting to know you. And so, um, uh, where can people find you? What's the best way to, to reach you if people want to learn more about what you're doing and, and uh, get in touch? If you search my name, I think the first two lines should be my Twitter handle, El Bruno, which is kind of the Bruno in English, but E-L and my name and my blog. That's basically there. Uh, I am also around the communities, speaking half in Spanish, half in English, trying to, this, I have booked, I am looking at my calendar right now. And from now to the end of November, I already have a couple of sessions talking about machine learning, doing machine learning, uh, not in the deep sense, but as a developer who just moved there and sharing all of these things. But hey, my blog and my Twitter are my key two main points, two main points to contact me. That's, you know, hey, the, we need more of that kind of content for to kind of baby step people into these topics. If you go too in-depth too quickly and you lose people around this, and this is something that it's such an important area that I think uh, anyone that deals, certainly in my world of information management and collaboration technology, they need to understand what's happening in this space because building out of intelligent communications, intelligent uh, uh, collaboration, um, intelligent systems, as Microsoft says, where there's that degree of automation, there's a lot of things. It, you need to know what's possible that's out there because it's going to save a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, and help you get the results you're looking for much more quickly. So Yes, that's, that's for sure. And you know what? The nice thing about this is that moving back to real scenarios, it's easy to explain these things today. If you, if you put a scenario, and this is a two-minute, uh, something that I like to explain to people about automation, AI, and all of the stuff together in a single scenario is, I have my IT guys in my company. We are a 30,000, I work in Avanat, a big IT company. Yep. So we are 30,000 employees and our IT help desk team, I know that these guys every day spend one or two hours a day answering the same emails all a day long. So basically saying, hey, where is, how can I unlock my account? Where, where, when I need to renew my, my laptop, I can do ABC. If I can automate these responses, this is two hours a day that I am saving for a team of four people Yep. This is for this is twenty hours. This is over one one thousand hours a year. Well, so my business model is like this. this I, I, you know, there, there's a number of things that are like a quick and like as, in, as a larger organization as well. And there are a lot of companies that are doing leveraging this that where they're they basically have that the AI front end. They've got that bot that's out there, and they have a daily expanded frequently asked questions. And so the most common questions and different phrasing, they build that into the database and then they get this answer and it's not a human being that's, that needs to do that. That is a fantastic implementation of this kind of, of technology. And then you can start looking at the data and saying, where are people, where are all the questions? What are the, the running themes that ongoing? Why is our documentation so weak on these areas? Let's go build up. Is there a product opportunity because we're seeing themes in the, the, the way that people are interacting with our company. You know, I, I was explaining this to somebody, sorry to extend this, like I explained it to somebody the other day about um, like from an SEO and uh, you know, a, a, a you know, content marketing strategy standpoint of like, well, what do I go and write about? It's like, well, what are people going to your site for? 
if you're if you've got like the top five keywords that people are going to your site for and then you're not providing content around those areas then they're not going to stay and i by creating that content you're going to meet the needs there and and help shape them and there's direct them once they're there that's a whole nother conversation but it's the same thing with with ai you know, what are people doing now where can you get those quick wins provide that value those are the things that you need to be looking at and uh, you know faqs um and, and on the other side of that you know just uh, support modules for your uh, you know tier one tier two support teams uh i mean those are powerful tools that you can start building and learning from um pretty quickly um, with uh, rudimentary AI capabilities. Yes, and as you say, once you have all of the tools connected, because as, as I said, to implement something like this, you don't even need to code anything. You can use Power Apps to hook the emails, you can use Lewis to understand what is happening and you have a database with the answer. But once you are there, you start to read, okay, what's happening? I mean, example, one of the top questions that when we start to analyze the data, we realize that when we are doing onboarding, the people who just arrived to the company, are the first in their two weeks to start to ask questions around how do I submit my expenses? Right. How do I put my training hours? Hey, so we need to go back to our onboarding platform to say, hey, there is something that we are not doing fine if these people, the day that they leave onboarding, they asking about how they need to do A, B, or C. So let's right. focus on A, B, or C. Yep. It's amazing. No, that, there's, hey, there's, there's two points in time that uh, you get the most uh, information out of your employees. When they're onboarding, and when they're departing, yes. why and things that they would change and kind of those things. And they're most, most forthcoming at those two times. That's great information. But, uh, well, Bruno, I hey, hey, really appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your, uh, your evening out there. And uh, hopefully, like me, I'm going to be barbecuing here in a couple hours. But, uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. And I sent to you for the invitation. And I'm happy to chat anytime. Talk to you soon. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Wow. Wow.